bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobil. And now, today's word. Each one of us are the result of the habits we live by. The habits you feed will be the habits that win in your life. Habits are like seeds. You plant them and then they grow. Somebody has said that first we form habits, then they form us. First you form your habits, and then they form you. Many times, starting a habit is difficult. But once you start and you repeat, it becomes easy. It's like folding a paper. Once a paper is folded and a line, a crease is formed, a fold is formed, you open the paper and you spread it out, but the line is there. It has offered an easy way of repetition of that action. So when the paper has never been folded, you have to find the folding point. But once it's folded, you come in a year later, you want to fold it, you just watch where the lines are and you just put them together, you fold them back. Sometimes when you're giving these big folding uh, papers, whether it's like an indenture or a big paper that has been folded, uh, it's folded and it's spread out. You look at the paper and later you want to put it together. All you need to do is to find where the fold lines are. Habits are like that. Once you do them, a fold line has been created. And it makes it easy for you to go back and repeat it over and over again. They are like seeds. They grow. You form them, they will form you. If you don't control them, they will control you. One bad habit can ruin you for life. Samson was a man of great strength and great anointing called of God, anointed of God, strength, but he had a habit with girls. Had a habit with girls. One of the things I, that really amazes me about Samson that, you know, he's with Delilah and Delilah says to him, tell me where your great strength lies. And Samson says, nobody has bound me with fresh cords, fresh thread, fresh rope before. If I'm bound with fresh rope, my strength will be over. And Delilah binds him. And just, just watch it. Binds him with fresh ropes. And says, Samson, the Philistines are, are around you. They, they are over you. And Samson breaks the ropes and fights the Philistines. And he escapes because he told a lie. 
but it was proven beyond any reasonable doubt that the lady wants to kill him. I mean, by this time you will say, hey, my dear, now so you be out. And Samson continues. Why is he continuing? It's a habit. It's a girl habit. So, Delilah says, oh, you deceived me, Sammy. <laughs> okay. So, Samson says, well, you know, nobody has tied my hair together. And if you can tie them up, I will be weak and I'll be like any man and the Philistines will get me. And Delilah ties his hair. And the Philistines come and Daniel overcomes them because he told a lie. Uh, Samson, sorry. Samson overcomes them. So now Delilah says, Sammy, I don't trust you again. Now, now uh, see who is saying he doesn't trust who? Sammy, I don't trust you. You've deceived me. First one you deceive, second one you deceive. Now tell me your heart. But he can't stop. Why can't he stop? It is a habit. He knows it's going to ruin him, but Samson can't stop. And Delilah asks him again. And he says, You know, since I was born, I was a Nazarite. I've never cut my hair. The day I cut my hair, I'm finished. The Bible says, Delilah knew that's the truth because he could see that a man's habit has made him helpless. And she cuts Samson's hair. The Philistines come and his power is gone. How can a person draw himself to such obvious danger and have no sense of pulling back Habits. Habits are powerful, my friends. You can know you are going into fire and still enter into fire. There are four things that feed your habits. Because a habit cannot grow unless it is fed. If you don't feed it, it will not grow. No matter how wild an animal is, even a Lion, no matter how wild, a dog, a, a fox, whatever, if it's not fed, it's going to die. Four things that feed your habits, both for good or for bad. The first is repeated action. Habits start with the first act. The first act opens the door, then a second act then more acts follow. And usually the first act is the most difficult. In the story of Daniel, the Bible says Daniel had been praying for, from childhood. So the habit of prayer was not formed in his adulthood. He started at a, at a point praying and he'd been praying and praying and praying. And at this time, he's about 70 or probably in his 60s or 70s. 
He's been praying for probably 50 years of his life or 60 years of his life. It's second nature to him. It's like the air he breathes. So he can't stop it, even though lions are going to eat him up. Similarly, a person who forms a habit of smoking started with a first cigarette. The person who can stop drinking alcohol started with a first drink. The person who has a sexual addiction started with the first wrong sexual move. We are told that the average person needs 21 days of repeated action for a habit to be formed. So if you do it over and over and over, 21 days, 21 times, it's stuck with you. And you see that Daniel's problems did not start with Uh, Samson's problems did not start with Delilah. If you read his story, he had been playing games with girls for a while. Now he's become a habit. The first is repeated action. The second thing that feeds your habit is familiar settings. Familiar settings. Habits are built around places or things you are familiar with. For Daniel, his habit of prayer was built around a window of his home that faces Jerusalem. So anytime he sees that place, it reminds him, I must pray. For some of you, you have a habit of Bible study and it's related to a place in your home. And anytime you see that place or sit in that place, you pray or you pick your Bible. Habits are built around familiar settings for some people who drink it's a certain spot a certain smell a certain scent a certain familiarity that reminds them to go back to an action it's very important because in order to break habits which we'll deal with next week we'll revisit some of these familiar settings Then the third thing that feeds your habit is routines, routines. After actions are repeated for a while, they become routine. A routine is something that has become a part of your life. You do it all the time. And the fourth thing that feeds your habits is reinforcing culture. A culture that supports you. Every habit needs support system to keep it strong for Daniel his prayer culture was supported by his Jewish culture the writings of the Old Testament and not only that but he had friends who were in exile with him whom he prayed with and prayed together they had been through the fiery furnace also for resisting to bow so that culture supported him your habit is always supported by a culture some friends something you read something you watch all the time something you hear all the time some people who come around you and so far as you keep those people around you the culture the habit will be fed it will be fed it's like a man who doesn't know how to treat his wife well And then he comes to church and he hears a 
message that says, treat your wife well, treat your wife well. Hold your wife's hand in public. So he goes out and he tries to hold the wife's hand. But the culture around him, people say, hey, hi. Is the idea? <laughs> now, I mean, they're going to start making jokes about you. Hey, look at him. Now, hey, I mean, they're going to make you feel you are the most unintelligent, stupid guy who ever showed up on this planet because you are holding. Then all of a sudden, this man who had resolved in church to be affectionate leaves their wife's hand and just said, oh, you go there. And then his friends encourage him. Why? Because habits are fed by a reinforcing culture. And so that culture is going to keep you bound to that habit. It's a routine. There is a familiar setting. There is repeated action. And if it's a negative habit, it can sabotage you for the rest of your life. Let us see the power of a habit. The power of a habit. Nobody describes this more than the great apostle Paul. And we'll read some things that Paul describes in Romans chapter 6 verse 16 and then Romans chapter 7 verse 15 and Romans chapter 7 verse 17. In Romans chapter 6 verse 16, this is what Paul says, do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey? whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. Paul is basically saying you can submit to good habits or to bad habits. Then in chapter 7, he says some very perplexing things. Verse 15, he says, For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate that I do. Verse 19. For the good that I would do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not do, that I practice. The power of habits. Four things I want you to note about the power of habits. First is that habits overrule reason. Habits overrule reason. Have you done something that you know to be wrong, you know all the facts, and yet you kept doing it. Your mind, your reason, your intellect knows it, but your habits overrule your reason. We've seen it in the story of Samson. We've seen it in the story of a person who goes to buy a, a box of cigarette. Everything reasonable tells him, this is going to kill you. But a habit overrules reason. Don't ever forget that. It's powerful. Habits overrule reason. Secondly, habits nullify intentions. You can have the best resolutions, whether a new year or whatever year, and find yourself moving the opposite direction of what you've resolved to do. Your intention is right, but your habits are wrong. So somebody may decide, I want to lose weight. You go to the doctor. 
And the doctor says, your blood pressure is shooting through the roof. And you need to stop eating ABC and lose weight. Otherwise, you can jeopardize your life. You know it, the facts. Your diabetes is hurting you because of this thing that you eat. And you say, I will live. That's an intention. But you find yourself sometimes almost miserably unable to resist your habits. So you're eating the things you know you must not eat. It doesn't mean you are mad. It's just that you have built a habit and habits are stubborn things. But there is a way to break them. Because if they can be formed, they can be unformed. If they can be born, they can die. But a person can have a great intention. I want to lose weight and still put on a lot of weight. Why does it happen? Is the devil against them? The devil is against them, but it's not really just about the devil. It's simply because they've, there's been a repeated action. There is a familiar setting they haven't dismantled. So you find yourself sitting in the same place, cooking in the same pot, and doing certain things that are very familiar to you and help you to eat. And then you can find reinforcing culture. In Ghana, people say, oh, you are looking sweet. <laughs> you have excess baggage. They say, you are looking sweet. You are killing yourself. They say, you are looking sweet. You have a huge pot belly. It's intruding into your life and they say you now look prosperous it's a reinforcing culture habits nullify your intentions habits drive your choices have you found yourself repeatedly making the same choices with negative consequences over and over again why do you keep trusting people who keep breaking your heart why do you keep losing money over and over with investments? Why do you end up with the same kind of people? You break up with one boyfriend and you get a similar character. And you break up with him and you get a similar character. The problem is not them. There is something about your habits that drives your choices and gravitates you to a cycle and a pattern. And until you identify and deal with it, your habits will sabotage your happiness. The fourth thing about the power of habits is that habits enslave you. They control you. Paul says that they will enslave you. You may think that you are in charge of your habits, but in reality, you are under the control of your habits. You've heard the story about how elephants are brought into captivity. I think Pastor Matthew has spoken about it many times. You go to a circus and you see a big old elephant controlled by a small boy. Sometimes they, they've tied a very tiny rope around the elephant's leg. And the elephant obeys instructions. Why can't the elephant break free? Why does he stand stationary, 
tied to a rope, it can break. And a, and a pillar or a stake, it can easily uproot. Because when the elephant is a child, as a tiny child, they tie the elephant to a tree with a strong chain. And uh, it tries to move, but the chain stops it. It tries to move, the chain stops it. It tries to move, the chain stops it. It can't move the tree. It can't move the chain. And it grows one year, two years, three years, four years, five years. It gets used to the fact that it cannot break free. And the moment the masters of the elephant recognize that, they can see the point when the will of the elephant is broken by the habit. And then they take the chain off. Because at that time, you can just use any piece of thread to tie the elephant and it will not break free because it has surrendered. It happens to elephants. It happens to human beings. Many of us have given up. Our will is broken. We don't even want to try any longer because anytime you try to move, you couldn't. Now you can hear the most inspiring message, be under the most anointed service, have hands laid on you, but you wouldn't make any effort because you have just surrendered. Your will is broken. It happens to us. It happens to me. It happens to humans as it happens to elephants. How many marriage, marriages have been lost to habits? How many families have been divided because of bad habits? How many jobs have been lost because of bad habits? How many relationships destroyed because of bad habits? How many minds wasted because of bad habits? How many diseases have we brought on ourselves because of bad habits? If we're going to live the lives that God wants us to, to live, we have to build our lives consciously around some habits. And although many of the habits in our lives are formed unconsciously, you can consciously form habits. And I'm going to just talk about six habit centers, and I'm going to end there. I'll pick it up again next week. And these are the centers of our lives that we need to consciously build godly, Christ-like, Christ-centered habits around. I want you to take time to think about these three, six centers throughout the week because you're going to start thinking about what are my habits in these areas and what habits do I need to break and which ones do I need to build. The first center that we need to build habits around is our spiritual habits. They will determine how we live spiritually. Our spiritual habits will inform our character, our Christian witness, our life as Christians. Spiritual habits such as reading the Bible, like praying as Daniel had formed, like sharing the word of God, applying the word of God to our lives, like spiritual meditation and allowing the word of God to be formed inside us. There are habits that we must form spiritually. Family habits would help us to build our homes. 
It will determine how we love our spouses, how we respect our spouses, how we train up our children, how we discipline our children, so we don't pass on the same negative habits we have to our children. Spiritual habits, family houses. The third is relational habits, how we relate to people. This will help us to work our friendships, our commitments, our loyalties. If all your friends are gossips and you move and make more gossip friends, you have to start thinking, what is it about me that is attracting me to gossips? Why do I keep gravitating to these? Why do my friends always disappoint me? Why do my friends always let me down? Why do I trust people and they always fail? The fourth center is financial habits, how we handle money. Habits of spending, habits of savings, habits, habits of investment. Poverty, most of the time, is a habit. There are other things that can cause poverty, definitely. There can be inequity, inequality, injustice, unfairness in the distribution of resources in a local location, and that can create poverty. But a lot of the time, there are also personal habits that make us not able to handle money well. Money comes through us, but it flows out of us because we have bad spending habits, bad saving habits, bad investment habits. We need to replace them with good habits. The fifth is health habits. How we treat our bodies, eating, exercising, sleeping. You cannot always keep sickness away from you, but there is a lot you can do to make yourself healthier. There are things you do that will predispose you easily to some health challenges. We need to build habits around our health life. And the sixth area is our work habits. Our work habits, how we handle responsibility, time management, solve, solving problems, team playing. All these are work habits we can have. Sometimes there are people who get fired. They, they lose their jobs almost all the time. Promotions never come to them. They are bypassed every time there is promotion. And much as sometimes it can be a conspiracy, uh, it can be an attack and all of that, sometimes we have to examine, have we built habits that deny us promotion? Have we built habits that make people pass us by? Have we built habits that do not promote us, but demote us? These are the six centers that we want to take a closer look at from next week. And we want to look at them, and I want you to spend time looking at them this week and asking yourself, what are my habits in these areas? What habits have I formed? What are the wrong things I do here? What should be the right things uh, I should be doing? Uh, I believe that if we consciously start building the right habits, we may not overnight change everything about our lives, but we'll start a process of change that will make success more predictable in our lives than it is now, so we can live the life that God wants us to live. Amen? God bless you. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebe, 
like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Mensa Otterville, email otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233 302 688 000.